everybody. Welcome back to the third in our five-part 2021-2022 Boys Hoops Season Preview Podcast Series. And today, this is a, a pretty special one for me. We're joined by Montgomery High School alum and all-around superstar Kevin Tarka. KT, what's up, man? Quite the opening. Appreciate it. The real question is, who are the first two guests? Why am I number three? Uh, listen, I was actually told <laughs> to make sure that the first guest... Well, all right, number one, I'm a little offended because if you were subscribed to the podcast or on YouTube, you know, you would know uh kyle rarig was number Got me there by the way so he, he was he made sure to tell me to tell you made it on my podcast before he made it on your <laughs> podcast i i had a feeling that was coming i had a feeling that was coming we'll get him on we'll get him on might have to be a 2022 thing but we'll get him on we, we're going to talk about your podcast in in just a little while um and then the uh the second guest we just did a brandon fury keith block chop it up episode we have you we have tommy molars and uh we're going to finish with coach grundy so love it love yeah, it man absolutely let's do so it i, I want to be respectful of your time so you know let me start uh this is class of 08 so we're going back to the infancy of my career uh here at montgomery and also relatively close to the infancy of coach grundy's career as a head coach um and you were one of the most influential players in my opinion in program history uh not only because of your play on the court you went on to play at quinnipiac but because of the the tone that, uh, that you guys were able to set and like really felt to me that's where the culture that exists now was really started with your class far too kind far too kind yeah it was uh <clears throat> it's funny i i um w w when you told me that we were going to do this and we were talking about just you know talking about the the culture of montgomery i got flashed back to the the spring of 2005 which makes me feel a, a bit old already, but the spring of 2005, after my freshman season, we were in the old high school. Um, and, uh, you know, I could probably walk in the same hallway and walk, pick the same exact classroom, the same seat I was sitting in. And it was the post, post uh, freshman year meetings. And just remember coach Grundy saying, you know, look, I'm, okay, I'm going to get the, the varsity job. And, and next year as a sophomore, like I want you to be my starting point guard. And it's like, you know, you flash back from there until now and just all the, all the, you know, the culture he's built, the improvement that the program's had, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. So now, uh, and I really should have led with this at the top. Uh, I don't think that all around superstar really does justice to, to what you're doing with your life right now. Um, Mr. Tarka here is a professional sports agent representing basketball players domestically and in Europe. Uh, he is the founder, owner of Creation Talent Agency with a K, K-R-E-A-T-I-O-N, So, uh, which, by the way, is also up on our screens right now. So if you want to check him out on social media uh, and on his website, you can see that right above his photo there. Um, Kev, what gave you the idea first that you said, you know what, I want to represent athletes um you know there i think the seed was planted a long time ago um you know it was in the probably late high school early college days when i watched the movie jerry Maguire, having no idea what agents do and just kind of was like oh yeah that'd be cool um but i i think you know as i was in college and and, and as i um was not playing and warming the bench and watching my teammates uh do, do well at quinnipiac i was kind of you know starting to think about what what I can do with my life that can 
um, you know, combine my passion for basketball and, and business and, and, and my degree without obviously playing at the next level. Um, and, and that's kind of where, where it started. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess the short answer is yes, I'm an agent and, and I represent professional basketball players and actually now coaches as well. Um, the long answer, we definitely don't have enough time to, uh, to discuss on this podcast, but, you know, essentially when players leave college and they want to become a professional basketball player, uh, you know, they sign with an agent to help them through that transition, through that process and to, to get a contract, whether it's here in the G League uh, or a semi-pro uh, team or uh, obviously the NBA. And if not, then a lot of players go overseas. And that's kind of a whole wild, wild west of professional basketball, depending on where you are in the world. But, uh, you know, there's there's just a lot of pieces to it. And, and athletes, uh, when they want to actually make it a job and go professional, they need a lot of help uh, and a lot of people in their in their circle to make it happen. So if Europe is the wild, wild west, that might make you one of the sheriffs then, because I feel like you have a pretty good understanding of, of what's going on there. You know, I feel like a lot of you know, agents when they're starting out, you know, a typical route would be uh, join an already established agency, you know, do whatever it is you have to do, get your coffee, maybe learn a little bit here and there and get the, the trust of an athlete. Another way is, uh, you know, maybe your, your roommate was, is, a, is a first round draft pick, you know what I mean? And a lot of guys get into it that way. You have chosen to go what I consider the very, very, very hard route of starting out your own agency. You, you, in my opinion, have gone, um, instead of that old adage of being, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, you're about a mile deep and, and, you know, maybe only a couple of inches wide here going deep on this European basketball, you know, minor league basketball thing until you can get cultivate some of these guys. How did you decide that that was going to be the route you were going to go? Yeah, well, well, I think, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. It's not like I, you know, when those seed, seeds were planted about being an agent, I was like, hey, I'm just going to start my own agency, right? I don't think that's ever really the um, the plan. I, I, uh, I started to get my feet wet in the industry in 2015 uh, when I drove out to LA and, and just kind of uh, set up shop trying to work with an agency and learn and I had a year working with kind of a startup agency, which was really good. I was doing kind of a little bit of everything just recruiting, um, watching film, picking up players from the airport. They had represented both uh, basketball and football players at the time. And so it was just learning. And then uh, after a year of that, I had the opportunity to actually get a master's degree that was run by the EuroLeague, which is obviously the um, <clears throat> similar to the NBA of the United States. The EuroLeague is the highest level of basketball over in Europe. And so without thinking twice about what the actual master's degree was going to be in, um, I didn't really care at the time. I just jumped on a plane and headed out to Europe and figured that would be my differentiator and build relationships and learn the European market. Um, because as you said, a lot of, a lot of American agents uh, stay here in America and they usually use partner agencies. Um, but I wanted to combine uh, another passion of mine of travel and learning new cultures and meeting new people. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I did. And then, um, you know, the, at the time I had left that, that other agency, um, and when I got back, the plan was to join a bigger agency, like you said. I mean, it's a, it's a very cutthroat, difficult business to be successful and sustainable in. Um, and so uh, the plan was to join another agency. But I got back in the summer of 2017, um, all excited that, you know, all the agencies were going to want me to join them because of all my experience overseas and my relationships and just crickets. And, you know, doors didn't open for whatever reason. And so that's kind of when I decided to jump off the cliff and hopefully figure out how my wings work before I hit the ground. And that's, you know, that's what I've been doing ever since. That is a very poetic way of putting what I would probably consider to be some sleepless nights and some wondering if ramen is going to be what, you know, what we're eating for, for quite, quite the foreseeable future. <laughs> I, I mean, 
you talk about that level of risk, you know, I mean, you're really dedicating your entire life force into making something successful. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, no, no, no risk, no reward. Um, but at the same time, I think it's all relative. I mean, I could sit here and, and, and complain that currently I'm recording this podcast uh, in my parents' basement, using it as home base right now. And, you know, I'm a 31 year old grown man and, you know, don't have my own apartment or my own house yet. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, a byproduct of being able to visit 36 countries across the world uh, relative to other people, I have it really good you know, and it's like I won the lottery. And so, um, you know, I'm lucky to have kind of the support system around me with friends and family that allow me to do this because a lot of people don't have the opportunity to, um, you know, to kind of drop everything and, 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 and bet on themselves. And, and that's the path that, you know, that I just decided to take. And um, it's just, a, it's a different mindset of thinking, you know, I think you can either follow the crowd and do what everyone else is doing, um, especially in an industry like this. If you want to differentiate yourself, you, you have to I mean, I guess that's why they call it differentiating yourself, do something different and be unique and, and, and kind of go against the grain. And that's what I decided to do. And, um, you know, I know it's, it's all going to pay off. It's just like anything else in life. If you invest in yourself and you build the network and you build the foundation, um, if you're consistent at it and you just stick with it for a long period of time and do the right things, um, you know, it'll pay off in the end one way or another. I imagine that, you know, cause a lot of what you have to do in terms of becoming a successful agent is selling yourself to these guys who don't really know you, you know, yeah. and th that, uh, that notion that, Hey, like without this, I'm not anything has to be a powerful incentive to, for you to be able to present to potential clients. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the recruiting piece of it is it's getting more difficult and more difficult, um, especially for a boutique or smaller independent agent like myself. Um, but ultimately you're selling yourself, you know, like uh, a lot of people will ask me how, what's my value proposition? How do I differentiate from, you know, what other agencies can do? And, uh, at the end of the day, sure. The difference between me and a huge agency, there's a lot, a lot of it's financially, um, and experience wise, of course, but at the end of the day, when you get to a certain level, basketball players, uh, create their own market by their skill set, Right. And so like agents are not going to change, um, a player from being not on draft boards to being third overall pick. Like that's just not going to happen. Their game speaks for itself. And so for me, it's really about finding the clients that believe in me and just are looking for the right type of fit. You know, usually what I'll say is um, that th there's three things that need to line up my vision for how good the player is and where they should be the player's vision for how good they think they are and where they should be or want to be, um, which oftentimes is not in the same, same, same level. But then the third one sure. is reality. And it doesn't really matter what I think or what the players think. Um, if we're talking about the top, top level in the world, it matters what um, 30 general managers think, right? So like, do they want them on their team in the NBA? There's 30 NBA teams. So um, it really matters what they think. And if, if all three of those are not aligned in any way, shape or form, it's not a right fit. And so, you know, I just kind of go in being myself and um, not uh, not telling players what they want to hear, telling them what they need to hear. And uh, oftentimes that results in in either them going a different direction or maybe coming back to me later. But uh, that's just kind of the way that you have to do it. And in, in my opinion, at least that's the way that I do it. Thinking, flipping it back rather to a little more local back, you know, back to home base here in Montgomery, um, you and your brother, Greg, um, you know, both captains of this Montgomery team, both went to Quinnipiac, played there, uh, and now both making careers in basketball. You on the agent side and he on the coach side. 
is Greg Tarka under contract at Creation Intelligent Agency? That's what that, I'm just joking. You know, he's not, you don't have to say that. But, uh, you know, just got to be pretty cool. Uh, just kind of the, the parallel career paths you, know, you guys have taken basketball wise. Yeah, he, he's um, he, he is always I'll consider him a KTA uh, family member for sure. Um, obviously, that's the plan is to, um, you know, whether I was an agent or not, help him along his path and in, in, in his coaching career. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, you, you throw it back to obviously the Montgomery days, but then um, <clears throat> before I went out to L.A. and started down the agent path, I was obviously coaching a little bit with uh, with with the Cougars there. So I was lucky enough to be a coach on staff an assistant coach on staff when Greg was um, in high school. And so it's cool to kind of throw it back to those days and then see where we've both gone and obviously him on the coaching side. Um, well, first to Quinnipiac um, and then uh, <clears throat> and then on the coaching side and, and um, you know, me as an agent side. So, yeah, it's 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 cool. I mean, it's all sports world is all very small, uh, especially once you get to the collegiate level uh, on the coaching side, obviously in the playing side, but then, then then the pro level as well. And for me, it's kind of all full circle. So representing players and coaches is great because, um, you know, I, I recruit players the same way college coaches recruit players. Like you have to, first of all, obviously the player has to be good at basketball, but then outside of that, all the other variables, it's the same thing. You know, like I have the label of being an agent and Greg has a label of being a coach, but we're all looking for guys that want to compete, guys that differentiate themselves, guys that aren't jerks in the classroom, guys that aren't jerks in the community um, and guys that, you know, can help build the program um, or at least uh, get to the highest level because when players get to the highest level, um, the, the, the coaches, or I guess in this case, the agents uh, reap, reap the benefits. Um, and so, you know, as an agent, I'm able to kind of be in the mix of, of watching players on the radar for college for, for, for Greg or for other coaches. Um, and then obviously when I represent coaches, I'm able to help them with players from overseas professional side, uh, because I represent, uh, professional coaches as well. I'm able to almost come full circle. And then those players that I can represent or that went through the collegiate system, I can then help, uh, you know, connect them to my coaches teams. And then we all win. So that's, that's the, the, the ideal, uh, kind of scenario there for KTA. Dude, I hear you talking about the, this, you know, in, in this way, it's so validating for me. This is just like the sappy counselor in me, I suppose. But like, you know, I come to, to work every day and, you know, you're trying to, you know, send kids down a path where they're going to be happy and successful. And, you know, too rarely, I think I don't see what happens on the back end to a lot of kids. They leave, they do whatever. So to hear you talking about this is like, yeah, all right, we don't really stink at our jobs necessarily. Maybe certainly this is, you know, a making of your own creation, but, you know, it's unintended it's to hear it. Yeah. It's very, very much so. <laughs> um, you know, it's just validating. So I, I'll share a quick story with you. And I don't know if you know this. Um, I feel like I have to credit you with a lot of my early success or an acceptance, maybe not success, but acceptance, at least at Montgomery. So for anybody, uh, Meyer listeners out there that only know the Meyer from when we started broadcasting on the radio and, the, uh, you know, streaming was I was the PA announcer at uh, Montgomery basketball games in the early part of my career because the Meyer wasn't in, in existence yet. And Kevin was an outside shooter and we were a good team, but we weren't a great team then. And the den was a little bit stale at times, depending on the games we were playing. And for some reason I had it in my head, like it wasn't something I planned. You hit a three pointer and I just yelled, that's a K T three. And then that thing took off. I got more comments about saying that and starting that 
in the gym and I really feel like that dumb thing like got me in the door somewhere with like being accepted into the Montgomery coaching male coaching community here so thanks dude for hitting threes no problem no problem that's awesome man yeah that that um I mean I'll never forget that yeah definitely every time I'm shooting in the gym whether it's in Montgomery or somewhere else alone and I just kind of replay that I'm like yeah I still got it you know kt3 just ringing in the head you know like like it was yesterday that's pretty awesome um you know now as you think back to being a player and then you coached on staff here and then now you've been out and about in the world but you're certainly present you know in in conversations and physically when you can be around here how have you seen the montgomery program grow and specifically coach grundy kind of where he was you know 15 16 years ago to what you see on the court now i mean it's it's you know i think i remember in the beginning of the podcast I mentioned um just flashing back to sitting in that in that in that desk talking to him about being the starting point guard in 2000 so so that would have been the 2005-2006 season um yeah from there until now is just it's it's quite unbelievable and he's uh you know 250 wins later um actually on the dot I just confirmed before the podcast I believe he has 250 wins um which is which is crazy. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you know that stat. I, I think it's around. You, you there. would think I would know that um, off the cuff, but I don't. So I'll figure <laughs> it out. Anyways, anyways, that's a lot of wins, and that's a that, that's a long time period. And just to see how he's grown, uh, the program's amazing. Not just from the program, because like anything, consistency over 15 years is, um, you know, it's it's easier for for uh, for you to grow something if you do something for 15 years in a row than you would think. Um, not to discredit him, but his growth and even just his knowledge and coaching the game has just grown tremendously. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll tell you himself, like my sophomore year, his first year as varsity head coach. Okay. He probably won't say he didn't know anything, but that was his first year as a varsity coach. Like his knowledge then until now is just exponentially greater, whether it's putting in the time in the summer to go watch other college coaches, going to all the coaching clinics over the, over the past decade that, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to a few of them uh, to them, uh, with him. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's tremendous the amount of work that he's put in, but, but everything comes back to the the values and the core that he instilled in the program that in 2005 and, 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 and those, you know, those values, the family commitment, selflessness, accountability, passion, preparedness, like those, those things stand. And those are the core of, of what Montgomery basketball is all about. And, and, you know, I, there's a lot of programs that say family, there's a lot of programs that have these, um, these, these cultures, but nothing like Montgomery, honestly, it's, it's, um, it's something special in the high school scene these days, especially where you see uh, a lot of movement around and, and AAU and prep school and players going different places just because this is a family and, uh, and, you know, players know that no matter how many games they win, hopefully a lot, they're going to learn something on the court. They're going to, um, you know, to present themselves as, as, as grown men off the court and, and, and they're going to have fun doing so. And, and, and it's an environment that players like to be in. So it's just been, um, it's been fun to, uh, to watch. And I'm just glad that I was a small part of it in the beginning. Do you have any thoughts on the 21, 22 Cougs? I don't know how, how dialed in you are to, to yeah. the specifics. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to be around a bit this preseason and, and, and obviously some in the summer, um, but it's uh, it's exciting. Obviously, I think, you know, we all know that the, the core is built around uh, Ryan Curry, who just uh, who just committed to Army. Um, you know, he's uh, I, I've, I've been able to watch him grow as a player on the court 
over the past five years, and it's tremendous uh, the growth that he's had. Um, he, he's a very special player. Like he, can, he sets the tone of the game. The ball is always in his hands. He can do a little bit of everything or anything. He can be the 25 point scorer. He can be the 15 assist guy. He can run the offense. He can get stops on defense. He can um, probably take over my tagline of KT3 with whatever the hell he wants to take it over with this year. Um, <laughs> he, he's going to be of the team. Um, and so that's exciting. Uh, it, it's exciting to see the guys around him that he can help make better. Um, you know, you have uh, a, a rare um, big man in Montgomery in, in Gordy. Obviously, you had Chris Rabio and you had some of the guys in the previous years, but um, he's uh, th- there's not many guys that are uh, that are as tall and as impactful as uh, as Gordy is. Um, you know, I th- he's gotten better over the years as well. So I think those two guys as the one two punch are going to lead the core. Then you have just a lot of amazing role players built around those two you have shooters in JT and Luke you have great role players and hustlers and Levy and Wong and um you know Josh Moore who, who showed a great spark early in one of the scrimmages that I was at uh, a couple of weeks ago that I haven't seen from him so I think it's going to be a big year for him and Steve Donahue's young uh but he can help I think he can he can definitely help with some minutes and so I know I'm missing a lot of guys too but uh, there's there's you know they're they're deep in the sense that everybody can play a role and it's just going to be a matter of who wants to step up when uh when they need to this year so transitioning to this one last thing, and then uh, I know we're up against the clock here, so I want to let you go. Um, as a, I will call myself a very amateur content creator um, because, uh, you know, being a, a counselor is certainly my full-time job and the Meyer is much more a labor of love than anything else. And, you know, as we try to schedule, you know, what we're going to produce, you know, even this, you know, five straight days of content that we're coming out with before, uh, you know, opening night of basketball season was like, okay, let me make sure that I have time in my day to do this. How do we schedule this whole thing out? And like, it was not like a big pain in the ass, but it was like a moderate pain in the ass, I would say. So for everybody out there that doesn't know this, you have a podcast as well. It's called sports business secrets. It's a creation talent agency production. And you decided that you were going to do a podcast a day for 365 consecutive days hearing that gives me hives. Okay. Tell take me through why on God's green earth, you would do that. And what was that experience like doing a podcast a day for a year? Uh, yeah, it was quite the experience. Um, so, so it originally started because I heard from, uh, this guy, Russell Brunson, I'm not sure you're familiar. Russell Brunson is a, this big, um, you know, digital marketer and he's got his own podcast. He's got all sorts of online, uh, courses and, 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 uh, and whatnot, but he had said in one of his books and in one of his talks, he said, if you create content, no matter what medium or platform it is, whether it's writing a blog, doing a, a Facebook live video or a podcast, whatever it is every single day for a year you'll never have to worry about money again in your life. I heard that and I was kind of like, wow, that's, that's interesting. And sounds great. Like, I guess I'll give it a shot. And at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I was, um, it was kind of, it started in, you know, there was a, some sort of quarantine going on and, you know, couldn't really as much. And so instead of staring at the wall, I figured I would combine that idea with the idea that I've had for a while about education, about sports business and what it's like to be an agent, professional basketball is like around the world. And, you know, uh, the, the recent college players and where they're going to be in the draft and all that stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to start a podcast. Uh, I think I was about maybe 
or 16 days in when I was like, shit, <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be pretty difficult. Um, but ended up picking up speed pretty quickly. And I had, um, you know, a lot of relevant guests on in the basketball world, uh, scouts and GMs and coaches and um, have plenty more to go um, that are waiting in line, but it, it picked up quickly. And then that's kind of what helped me propel it. You know, like all of a sudden it was like uh, one month in and we're, we're being streamed in 30 different countries around the world. And it's like, well, that's kind of cool. A lot of people are listening. Maybe it's helping people. And I would start to get texts that, like, yo, that topic you talked about, I was trying to learn about that. That's amazing. Um, and so that was, uh, that's definitely what kept it going. And then I learned the trick that, you know, well, I, I got on a routine, first of all, of like non-negotiable, no questions asked. I'm going to wake up, get my workout in and go right to recording the podcast without even being on calls or looking at my phone. And, and that helped. Um, setting up the interviews because there was a total of 86 guests over the, over the year, that was that was a little bit of a of a pain in the ass for sure, um, but I, I got down to a routine where it was like you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna record it I'm gonna use this this uh, this system later and I'm editing that takes a lot and so like I'm just gonna record the voice and I'm gonna put it out there if I mess up if I stutter if something goes wrong so be it you know the audience is gonna have to deal with it because I'm not taking the time to to, to edit it out. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of just it kind of just built from there. I mean, it's been uh, definitely rewarding in, in in terms of sharing my knowledge with people that I think need to know the knowledge. Um, but also, it's it's helped build my reputation, build my brand, and um, and 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 network tremendously. And now I get calls and emails and texts that people wanted to be on left and right. It, it's it's been really cool. Um, I will say that Russell Brunson, uh, unfortunately, was incorrect. Um, I, I, st- <laughs> Not rich. I, I, st- I still have to worry about money, but but I do I, I do think that process. Um, planted some more seeds that will come become fruitful in the future uh, that could be lucrative and 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 financially um, worthwhile, let's say. Uh, but yeah, so so right now I'm just kind of uh, in a little break period, prepping for season two, so the podcast will continue. Um, but uh, yeah, it was quite the uh, quite the experience, that's for sure. You know, and 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 just doing every doing anything every single day for a year straight is. Uh, it was definitely rewarding and it's, it's quite the experience. So uh, highly recommend it. I, I cannot endorse it uh, anymore myself. It was a, a staple of, of the rotation of stuff that I listened to. Uh, and I look forward to season two. The podcast is Sports Business Secrets. He is Kevin Tarka. The agency is Creation Talent Agency. Make sure you check it out uh, by visiting the, uh, their website. And uh, the links to all his social is uh, right above his head. Uh, as you can see there, and uh, Kev, man, thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to you every day. So if you ever get get low on you know what you want to talk about, just zoom me in and we'll BS about whatever you want. Love it. I love it, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. And uh, we'll see you at some Cougar games this year, hopefully. All right. Part three of our season preview podcast series is in the books. That was Kevin Tarka. I'm Keith Block. Thanks.